We are shows what you know. We'll always watch TV. And if you think we can't, we'll watch more and you'll see. That's why the people of the web believe in Jim from Las Vegas and Jacob from Sweden. Extra, extra! That went great. Today's the last week uh, of uh, wheat bread for the season, but blessed day, we have citrus. Welcome to the Gilead Gazette, where we discuss the latest developments in the great nation of Gilead. I am Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli, and if we go behind the scenes, he was typing like a madman before we started, and it worked pretty okay. It's just uh, the best laid plans. Am I right? Mm. Yes, the best laid plans indeed. Much like this episode of Handmaid's Tale. Things didn't quite work out as we've grown accustomed to. I want to say we might jump around a bit here because I feel like, I mean, I didn't go out on a limb by calling this. It was clear what they've been setting up, but I am not about this life. I am not trying to care about Serena. So this episode didn't do a lot for me, but I was talking, remember I was talking about this last week. They're trying to make her Cersei. And this is her own very like walk of shame type episode where everyone all of a sudden loves Cersei because of her walk of shame. I hate Cersei. She gets what she deserves. And in a way, Serena getting what she deserves. I'm going on a limb, my dude. Yes, fair enough. But but I seem to recall you said you don't like Serena, but surely you like the budding friendship between uh, friendship between June and Serena. Yeah, I do kind of. I do. Yes. I am rooting for that. I do understand that. Yes. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I guess I had. I mean, it's ambiguous. That's why it's interesting. That's what makes it art. If it was just, you know, June getting uh, flogged again, it's like, yeah, we we already know. It doesn't enhance or add any new dimensions to anything. I I, I see where you're coming from, though. It's not like I'm I'm weeping over here for Serena uh, at all, but I'm sort of hoping this will be something that will maybe jolt her a bit and make her change the way she is. What do you think? Well, it does feel like what they're setting up, uh, this is all hearsay and just based off what they're doing, so most likely they won't do this, but it does feel like they're setting up. We will get the June escape, but with the help of Serena. And I feel it's going to be like, they're going to hint at that, but then it's going to go the other way, and Serena is not going to abandon this world that she has helped build, even though it is pain a pain to her as well. That's what I feel like. They're the reason they're doing all this now in episode eight is they're they're going to flip it on you. They're going to build up to it, and then she's still going to be the worst in the end. I but agree. it's going to be like, oh, we get a shot of her looking sad when June gets caught. I agree, and um, I mean, I feel like they've told us this, like with I mean earlier w- with the scene when. She asks Serena if she could see Hannah, and she kind of turns on her big time. Um, I I guess in a way, I'm just more like they've been going back and forth, and it starts to feel a little like, uh, I don't want to say cheating, and I don't want to say like wasting time, but it's like, I know they've been flirting with this already with their, you know, uh, friendship, their budding friendship. And then this episode kind of drops us into it. But I, I, and I, mean, I get the feeling that there is supposed to have been some time that's passed. I mean, I guess we kind of see that it's like a montage at the start. 
But I feel like if rather than playing around with it, if they let this breathe a little bit more, I maybe would have uh, rooted for it a bit more. Uh, you mean because she, but but has it turned the other way now, or like do you feel like there? When you say it's going back and forth, I can totally see that in the previous episodes when you know there was this building bit of trust that's why june dared to ask to see her daughter and then it was like slam you back the other way now we're going back into the positive do you think we're being slammed back into now because at the end of this episode she's like go back to your room is that yeah. them putting us back where we were again or what well do you think? i think we're clearly still in a different place but i mean it still was only an hour ago she was like pick up these knitting fucking pins or yeah. whatever you know so it, it just wasn't that long ago that that happened. Uh, so I'm just waiting for it to happen again, I guess. But I, I mean, to, to your point, what I think you're making is that I, things definitely are different. So I will give them that. Um, yeah, but, but you're totally right in what you said that they've kind of prepared us for the switcheroo. Like it's going to, like I said, it might build up and then, uh, you know, th then she is the worst at the end anyway. Yeah. But I guess the way they could do it, if they want to do that, they'd have to make it about the baby because we see the baby growing. We see her stomach getting bigger. And it, that would be the thing where she would pick the baby over Commander Waterford, like easily. She would have, Serena would have picked the baby over Commander Waterford years ago. But, uh, Right now, it's obviously even more intensified. So if he in some way is, I don't know, a danger to the baby, and even in a little bit, that's when I can see more of an alliance uh, forming with June getting out of there in exchange for handing over the baby or something like that. But then again, June wouldn't agree to that because she has promised her baby to get her out of there. So maybe yeah. they'll have an uneasy alliance. But then, of course, she can't help June get away because in Serena's mind, that's her baby. So mm. True. Well, and I guess... Where I'm coming from to kind of explain what I'm saying at the top of the show here is like, I understand June's reaction to, you know, where we get with Serena, where she's getting whipped with a belt and, and you know, June can't look and she's, you know, ha she's had this recent friendship and just from one person to another, you don't want to see someone in that position. But I feel like you put Emily in that room. She's like, yeah, bitch. Whipper, whip that bitch. That's Emily, yep. and I'm Emily. Sure. I'm Emily right now. <laughs> no, okay, that's fair. I mean, it is like it is reminding me of the scene with the knitting needles because it's like Commander Waterford needs to have another person in the room because it makes it worse. Kind of in the way that if Serena was throwing the needle and making June pick it up, it wouldn't be much fun. But if there's someone else there to sort of enhance and establish how how he's resetting the dynamic. Um, it makes it all the more sweet, I guess, if you're yeah. a sadist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but anyway, I don't know. Back to the start. Yeah, the start, you know, we got easy like Sunday morning, and we have a montage of June and Serena working together. It's just I wish I was more on board where they get to that point where they have, like, knowing smiles to each other of, like, we're both heretics now. Ha ha. We're in this together. Like, I just feel like I'm so fresh in the I don't trust Serena and I don't buy any of this that it doesn't fully work for me. It doesn't hit like uh, I just wish there was it was just a, uh, not that it's not developed because it is developed and we get it. I just wish I was in it more so I could root for it a bit more. Yeah. And that probably would have been possible if we hadn't had 
the knitting ne needle reversal, like, cause they were already building to that. And then we went the other way. So, so I see where you're coming from it. And it is like, they mentioned at some point about months and I don't know if they mean to say I've been doing your job for months. It's been months. Uh, I, I guess it has, but as you said, it's like a two minute montage and then, it, but then that wouldn't be very dynamic either story-wise, uh, seeing what's going on. We Agreed. sort of need to start with the, with the commander coming home tomorrow. Yeah. I was definitely, um, a little confused too. Cause with months I was thinking, well, wouldn't June be showing more, but I don't know. I guess I, I don't know fully where she'd be at in her pregnancy. I guess maybe if she's still only at like four months and before she was at like two months, I but guess she, I thought she's showing a lot in this episode. I don't know. I guess it didn't seem like she was showing that much different than say like the previous episode. If okay. it had been a few yeah. months, that's all. But that again, it's not like I'm a, uh, Martha who's an ex neonatal surgeon or whatever. That was the greatest. <laughs> uh, so what do I know? I'm just a dude that watches TV shows and talks about it to a few people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this episode, by the way, I did want to mention it is directed again by Carly Skoglund. She's Canadian, not Swedish, but I will pronounce it Swedish because it's a mm. Swedish ass name. Um, she has directed, I think, the most episodes uh, mm. of. I mean, Mike Barker has probably directed the most episodes, maybe this season. Uh, Mike Barker, but anyway, Kari is catching up. She has done a shitload of episodes at this point, and done them all great as far as i'm concerned but the episode is written by nina fiore and john herrera who are uh actually this is their first real episode that they're writing but they have been working as uh story editors in season one um so they're now stepping on up and if you they're like a writing team as far as i can gather uh and they've worked on different shows and it seems like uh, they're doing. They're living the dream. They're they're slowly crawling their way up uh, the writing ladder, and they've now gotten to write their very first episode of uh, *Handmaid's Tale*. And yeah, going over Kari Skogalan's uh, resume here, uh, quite a you know quite a history of uh, TV, kind of dipping in and out of some great shows, some classic shows. So yeah, very interesting. Uh, but I mean, like we've talked about uh, during this season, the show looks great and in a very deliberate skillful manner so uh i welcome it um like like really well done stuff yes and i have been on kari's wikipedia or her imdb as well and she she has said this is a quote that people say they can't find female directors but the reason for that is there's no access no entry point they don't appear overnight you have to create a space where they can grow and be discovered and if you look at her imdb she has been part of a lot of great shows but most of them as far like as I remember, it's episodes. like one episode, yeah. one episode, two episodes, one episode. And now, I mean, it, it's fitting, I suppose, but she is given a lot of space in The Handmaid's Tale and she is using it uh, wonderfully, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, so now with the welcoming gift, am I looking too much into this or did the did the commander leave the the flower? No? Is that what... Yeah, it was a flower. Uh, or it was like a rose from... or a white lily or whatever it was. Something like that. Is that... I, I, this is the gift from Nick's wife? No, 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 no. The gift, the gift for June. I mean, obviously, I know that uh, Serena gives her the... I mean, I guess they're both there, so they're both from Serena. But, I, I mean, I might have been looking too much into it. But when, I, when she thanked her for the music box, but then mentioned the flower, I thought I saw a flash of, like, she didn't quite know what that was but i think i'm just oh. i was looking for something that wasn't there possibly 
Okay, well, they're right next to each other on the bed there, yeah. so I think... But it is weird. I Why feel like she's getting one? wooed from both ends. She's getting wooed from... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, what what is the what does the white flower signify? I think it's probably, you know, uh, Serena, because she has her little garden and that, all that, right? Very true. I'm sure yeah. she's got some white flowers in there. It doesn't really seem like Waterford style either. Yeah, yeah. I think I was like, looking at it as like a fucking uh, like Hunger Games or some shit, like that guy that gives flowers and fucking... <laughs> I, I, well, I mean... I've already said at the start, I was not really a big fan of this episode. I've been riding high on Handmaid's Tale uh, past few episodes. I was not big into this because also the other the other storyline that's going on with the sick baby. Um, not that I don't care about sick babies, but I don't care about this sick baby. And it might be because I watch a lot of medical shows, i.e. Grey's Anatomy. But I kind of knew exactly where they were going to go with this. And uh, it's like a meme. You know, there's like a meme that goes around where it's like, this baby was born and pronounced dead. And then the mother was like, let me hold that baby. And then eight hours later, like the baby woke up from death and was alive. I, I kind of knew where they were going and it was going to be, they kept going through these hoops to get Janine to see her baby. And then eventually it was going to be like a mother's touch heals this child. And that's kind of what happens. Uh, but I guess I didn't buy the fact that all this stuff would happen in Janine's favor. I know that, june and serena have this kind of secret union and that helps get her to pull strings but when she's in the room with a with aunt lydia and is like do you want to kiss your baby goodbye i just don't feel like like aunt lydia would be like fuck you like get out of here it just i don't know it seems like everything's kind of worked out very convenient in this terrible land that we've been told how terrible it's been for yeah. you know a season and a half that now things were people were understanding. I guess you have a sick baby in the mix now, and, and they are human beings, so people do change. It's just I don't know. It didn't quite wash for me. I I didn't have a problem with Aunt Lydia's thought there or her behavior exactly because she's. I actually thought she was really good in this episode in that she shows her different sides a lot. Where. I mean, she took out Janine's eye, but when she says like, oh, you poor thing, oh, come here, and she's angry at June for putting her in this situation, like, I believe all that, True. and it's really well done. But more, I, I do agree with you, though. Like, for example, when June approaches Serena and is like, can't, uh, can't Janine see the baby? It's like, maybe it's because we had a montage at the beginning and not a full episode of them working together, but I'm like... I don't even think that's a good idea. Like, I yeah. don't think that's going to end well. And uh, that's even her being just a regular handmaid. She's a handmaid who stood and was going to jump off a bridge, remember? And yet even, like, the Putnams, the, the guy who uh, was using her, is like, oh, yeah, you know, what, what, can it, what can it hurt? We may as well have her come in here and see the child that we ripped from her bosom. Uh, <laughs> she won't go crazy and start sticking needles in everyone around her or into herself or anything like that. Granted, that doesn't happen. But as you said, we've been told this is the worst place in the world. Yes. So it's kind of hard. And an extension of that is even going to the scene where Janine's freaking out when she finds out that the baby's sick and... The guards keep going to pull her, and then June's yeah. like, I got this. I got this. And I'm like, why are these guards not shooting them in the head? Now, I guess I understand they they have a shortage of handmaids, but at the very least, why are their like, ankles not being uh, beat with a belt or something? Like, I, I guess it's because they've set up such a dark, torturous world that I'm like, what, what are these guards doing that they're allowing this to happen right now and they're not really 
kind of uh, being like the biggest pieces of shit like they usually are. Yes. Uh, Natasha in the chat agrees that Naomi and her husband letting her come in there was kind of strange. She also said, um, they said in the inside, uh, yeah, inside the after show that Waterford whipped Serena also was a way to divide Serena and June. That's why they show that scene with him going into her room and looking at the white rose. I was also thinking okay. of that because he definitely goes sense. in there and is like, what's this shit in here? And... That makes perfect sense, actually. That makes perfect um, sense. Yeah, because I think I was just looking too much into it, and I even read it as him looking at it like as something he gave her. I, I don't know where I got it from. I was just kind of off my meds or something. Uh, yes. <laughs> I do seem... I mean, I seem to remember, like, Serena clipping white roses yes. throughout this season, maybe. Um and she gives it to her, and that makes sense that they would need... That Waterford would then need to drive a little bit of a wedge there. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, yeah, because, I mean, Waterford, uh, he has this, I mean, as we've seen, he has this weird twisted relationship with June, and even before he got blown up when he wanted to, like, consummate their relationship, and she had to make the excuse about the baby, and it was this weird tease and push and pull that, you know, put him out of the, the put him out of the scenario for a little while uh, was good, but now it's like he's back and he's a danger to both June and Serena, clearly. Yes, and by the way, I agree with you about the guards, and it's it's like, no, I got this, and uh, they're just kind of like, oh, she's got this, I guess, and then Janine, like, the guard drags her away, but then June is just kind of left standing there, and they're always supposed to walk two and two, and but I guess everyone's shaken up because the baby ambulance that we all know yeah. about but have never heard. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I like there's they 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 have this thing going on. I don't think they hit it as hard as they should. But I mean, because Janine says something like, "You sound like one of them," and June was already thinking that because Emily was like, "Fuck Gilead," and uh, being raped isn't a gift from God. Like, fuck all this shit. You shouldn't accept any of it. So June's feeling bad about her unholy alliance with Serena and how she's kind of working with the system. I mean, for the but greater good, but fuck yeah. the greater good because things are so terrible. I didn't even follow her logic right there because, it, yeah, if she was doing legal stuff that was legal in Gilead and like really do it, you know, being in her place, then I would agree. But she is working with Serena, but literally to stop people getting killed. So, like, that's the thing, that uh, this other guy was in charge and, you know, killing everyone. Yeah. So her well, cr criticism to herself is like, oh, what would she think if she knew that I helped cover for the commander with Serena? But they mentioned, hey, we didn't like uh, this guy, so we'll execute his whole family. So she is still, like, I don't yeah. see her as working with the enemy. If anything, Serena is sort of coming down to her level. Well, but that's the other thing, because I know it's not cinematic. I mean, the reason why it's only a two-minute montage, or barely, because it's not going to be cinematic, them writing up and editing laws. But if they did spend a little bit more time to flesh out this June and Serena relationship, and maybe we did learn that some things were a little bit more questionable on what they were doing uh, for some sort of greater good, or some way that June was like convincing herself it was for a greater good, then maybe this would have made a little bit more sense. But it is kind of supposed to be the driving point on why June is even pushing things as far as they as she is, is because she doesn't want to just be part of this system. Um, so I, it does make sense on why she's like, do you want to kiss her baby goodbye? Like why she's doing it? It just doesn't make sense why it actually comes to fruition. 
Yeah. Yeah. And not to keep going back to the guards, but I had another thought because uh, Natasha wrote uh, that a lot of people were complaining about the guards just kind of standing around and being passive. And I thought, well, on the one hand, they're handmaids and like a lot of handmaids just died. So they're pretty valuable and you don't necessarily want to treat them super bad unless there's a real reason for it. On the other hand, that's one of the handmaids that endangered a child and she was going to get stoned to death. And yeah. uh, she's pretty easy to tell who she is because she's only got one eye. So we kind of <laughs> know that. Yeah. Emily's walking around in the store like, fuck Gilead, let's blow shit up. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who yeah. ran over several of those guards. If I was were them, I would not just be standing around like pulling like, oh, Emily, you know, calm down. It's she, She's really, um, you know... She's living dangerously is all I'm saying. And the guards are, are doing nothing, which is good. But, you know, you know, it's just weird because the way this show is because and not necessarily that they, they should all of a sudden just be murkin handmaids. But I mean, we've seen they have ways of torturing and hurting people to keep them in line. Like, uh, how are, how are we not set up for a good old uh, stove burning of the of the wrist or something, you know, with what with, with things that are happening? But either way, I mean, it's you know for the greater good of the story it's just a little weird after things we've seen and how everything's been set up um, yes but yeah um, so then serena does go to june and ask her what you know what do you think we should do like if uh you know if there is an option but it's not necessarily in the realm of gilead law should we try to help this baby because it seems like nothing can be done yes and um I thought she was maybe referring to like it's it's kind of vague because June has more of a motivation to get Janine in there, while Serena is more interested in this surgeon, um, this neonatal surgeon who's a Martha. Um, and in a way, I mean, you said if we had gotten a bit more of them working together towards the greater good, I guess that's what's happening here. Um, but it, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but June does not say like hey, there's a Martha who is a natal surgeon, right? Yeah. I mean, Serena just knew that already, so she didn't actually need June's input or thoughts on that. I thought maybe if she helped, like, well, actually, I know yeah. that, although Serena would have access to that information anyway. It's just they're kind of working on their own separate things, even in this episode, which makes it feel uh, we don't really get to see them working together as much. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those things of like, you kind of know what you need to do, but you don't really want to do it or you're like afraid to do it. So you need just someone to kind of give you that assurance that it's the you're on the right path. It is the right thing to do, even though like clearly, as we see when she goes to the commander and makes this request, uh, he's not down with that because he's he's manning up. He's he's uh, he's a commander. He's uh, a yeah. Gilead. Uh, God, God is good and God will, you know, take care of everything. Yes, and uh, he is, as far as we know, the only commander, almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they not all of them died, but, I mean, from everything we can gather, he's the top dog now, and I don't know if he's he's the top dog in, in Gilead, like, or if, if it's just in former Boston, or, I don't know, does the town have a name? Gilead, I guess? I don't know. 
I mean, Gilead's like... Oh, you're talking race. about, like, the, the section they live in? Yeah, or what do they call yeah. it? Like, New Boston or something? Or like, is <laughs> yeah. it, Do they call it Salem, like the signs we saw earlier? I, I, I can't recall, but... But anyway, I, I don't know. We haven't seen anyone who's above him, and uh, like you said, he needs to step up. Of course, he can't bring women up to read and do surgery and things. And uh, if I was Serena, uh, I guess she thought, hey, he'll definitely agree to this, even though he clearly won't. Or what do you think her thought was when she approached him about it? Yeah, I guess she thought he'd be more understanding um, because they've had little team-ups in the past. But, uh, I mean, even before the attack, he was starting to be more, I guess, because of June and whatever his weird relationship with her is. He's... and you're right, like, their relationship isn't the best because I know we I was questioning it before, but, yeah, she did rub it in his face that he's probably infertile and it's not his baby, so he is aware of that. Um, so, you know, not quite a unified front between the commander and Serena. Yes, and um, what, there's another storyline going on, meanwhile, that we've kind of uh, skipped over, but it's with uh, Nick's wife. Uh, yeah. The character who will no doubt ruin everything for everyone one way or another. Uh, Her big thing here is just still trying to please Nick and please pay attention to me, Nick. Um, She tries, you know, is it okay if I put some yellow up here and I'm going to do the curtains and praise be? And he's like the worst husband as well. We got to give him that. He is not adding a lot to the relationship. He's really just like, yeah, oh, yeah, great. Bye. Just leaves all the time. Every scene. And then, yeah, she cleans up, but she finds the letters. She says she didn't read them, but she definitely knows something's going on, and she can't be trusted, so it's uh, uh, not not a good thing. And, yeah, probably the, the beginning of the unraveling of everything. I mean, I guess I believe her because she's so indoctrinated into Gilead and women not being uh, allowed to read. But again, Gilead is not that old. We know it can't be. So, like, she's not grown up in Gilead completely. Uh, she has bought into it a lot, though. And uh, I, I don't know how to unlearn how to read. I guess maybe she tried really hard and prayed to God, and she just forgot her ABCs. Um, but maybe she caught just a little hint of a word that makes... And if not, I mean, Nick's reaction I was gonna is what say, really yeah. ruins it, right? Either way, the reaction. But I think the fact of when... In that, uh, like her first episode or whatever, and she mentions to June that maybe Nick is a uh, gender traitor. Yeah. I feel like that was a big clue into she's a little bit more aware of things that are going on than she uh, than she acts, and that she has the potential to blow things up. Uh, but yeah, either way, whether she reads them or not, the way he reacts <laughs> clearly is a big fucking <laughs> a big uh, warning sign that things that this is not what it seems. Which again, she—I mean, she isn't asking for that much. Granted, she she wants to have weird underage sex with him, but uh, she's just trying to be a good wife. And a good wife, in her mind, is someone who does what her husband says and like does everything to make the home nice and everything. And he, if he was just, I don't know, a little bit nicer to her, uh, there's no way she would blow everything up. But he really has the, these this behavior and these actions that are going to lead to probably bad stuff in the future yes um so serena does bring in the martha who's a doctor and this is something this show's really good at i talked about it a few episodes ago they're really good at just bringing in some character we don't know anything about and giving them small moments that tell us everything like when she's 
when she like can't believe she could put like her you know doctor's jacket on and when she gets handed uh like the stethoscope like the performance here and the just because what we know about gilead and the way people are treated it it's it's such a big moment uh it ultimately yeah. doesn't i mean she can't do anything and you know uh, I guess maybe what Serena's thought is that maybe she's doing it on purpose or something like this is a weird revenge or a petty thing because she's a Martha or she's giving up. I think she accuses her of doing. Yes. There's also uh, like a, a rough, really uh, like all these moments are really hard and gr- greatly acted, but hard because they're being asked by the system that they hate that has yeah. oppressed them and they've oppressed them with the mindset and the thinking that what you're doing is unholy and we're going to bring you down for your own good and then saying we're going to raise you up again for our good for for what we want and meaning that the oppression we were doing is actually not justified because if we need you to uh, we will just put you back there but don't worry it's completely temporary and you're going to go right back <laughs> yeah. where you were uh, which is the same feeling that June has when she starts to get some of these liberties and probably why she feels guilty, even though she shouldn't, um, when, when she's talking to Emily. Because I was thinking that as well, when she's getting the stethoscope, it's like, I'm doing this, but I'm doing it for Gilead, and I don't want to do that, and it's going to get taken away right away. But at the same time, there's a sick baby, so of course I'm going to do that. Yes. Um, so as you said, it, it's just got a lot of levels. Yes, yeah, because it's not like since there is a sick baby involved, it's not like, oh, we need you to come in to, the commander has a brain tumor and you're the the best brain surgeon we have. And it's like, all right, and you just stab him in the brain. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. It is, yeah, it's an innocent and this baby, it's not this baby's fault that they were born in Gilead and they're even more innocent because it's like they are, they were born from a handmaid, uh, uh, you know? So either way, but yeah, in the end, it, it doesn't amount to much. There's not much they can do because it is this crazy house disease. Like on the show house, they're always like, we don't understand what's going on. This, this meets no medical books ever. Uh, all we could do is unhook this baby and pray. And yeah, uh, it works out. Which is what they were doing anyway. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were going to do that anyway. Cause they're Gilead. It's almost like Serena thinks, uh, that she is doing the stabbing the commander in the brain thing because she's like, how are you giving up? Like, yeah. she's doing it like out of spite or something. That's how uh, I read she, it. How that's yeah. how I read Serena was thinking was happening for sure. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's not. And uh, then we get the scene where Commander Waterford or Count waterford as apparently they've started calling him on the fan page because he's acting like one of those creepy <laughs> handsome counts from the 1800s apparently as natasha says he was he does have skulking the around yeah and he's skulking around the empty house like i guess i mean like yeah in the scene where he sees the f- the the flower um he is kind of i think he's surprised that june's not there right like he's kind of yeah. going there to see her uh, but yeah. yeah, so I mean that all does make sense. Like you're saying earlier, it's like another symbol of their union, and plus they're both not there, out you know traipsing around, whoring around these whores. Ah, yeah. I'm a commander. <laughs> exactly, and um, so he he brings them in and says, you know, this is not my fault. I I put too much burden on you. And now, uh, you know, the burden falls on me to put it back into place. And throughout, or at least until the breaking point, Serena doesn't ever apologize because she says, I did what I thought was necessary. And uh, 
you know, she she holds her chin up high uh, and can't even understand that this would happen, even though her right to read and everything has been taken away from her. It's been taken away by Gilead, not specifically by her husband, who knows that she is the driving force behind him, the person who actually brought him to where he is, and how dare he? Uh, but he dares because he's sort of brainwashed himself as well uh, with his big Bible full of uh, full of notes and things. Yes, and also it is like a ego thing, um, yeah. where it's like, uh, yeah, especially living in Gilead for X amount of time the you know it's it's even more of like you buy into your own shit and this is kind of chipping away at you know your supposed wisdom so you have to knock people down uh peg or two and show them who's boss and they even use that because the quote they say it's a margaret atwood quote isn't it the um the uh men are afraid that women will laugh at them but women are afraid that men will kill them yeah because they uh, well, say, well, I don't know if it's an Atwood quote, but it sounds like it's a good line anyway. Uh, looking at it real quick, wiki quote says, "Yeah, it's Margaret Atwood." Because they, they're like, it's like a weird meta moment. It's a community moment here in Handmaid's Tale because they're like, someone once said that uh, you know sure. a woman's worst nightmare. Uh, so I mean, it's a nice touch. It did make me roll my eyes a little bit, uh, but it makes complete sense in what's happening here. And as we see this story play out with the commander and Serena. One thing I didn't fully get is why June breaks down the way she does uh, outside um, the the door when, like, Serena won't let her come in or whatever. Like, what's uh, your read on that? Well, I was too busy uh, snatching screenshots for our cover because we're <laughs> using images of her face, and yes. she does a lot of, like, looking woeful uh, right then. Um but you're right. I mean, this, we can start on the other side of the door because I was also trying to read on Serena because obviously she says go back to your room, but she has a lot of acting going on in her face where she's, you know, keeping something in or stopping something from happening where presumably she would welcome comfort from anyone at that moment, but she chooses not to. And that seems sort of painful to her. And I guess in June's mind, it would have been better all around if she had said, you know, if he, she'd asked for a glass of water or yeah. anything at all, because well, the, the commander did manage to sort of break the bond between them, it seems. Yeah, and I, I have to correct myself. I'm sorry. It was outside Waterford's door, not um, Serena's door. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Ser so, Serena does, I guess, yeah, Serena turns her down, and then she does go, I guess, my other question is, why does she go to Waterford then? Oh, yeah, that is the breakdown moment, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was because I need every tool I can get to get the fuck out of here. Mm. And uh, I was manipulating Waterford to get close to him and sort of get some sort of opening or maybe uh, weird help or, or stab him in the back somehow. And now I was getting closer to Serena, which was a way more enjoyable experience, actually. And uh, Serena shuts her out, so she has no other choice than to go back to the office where she was, you know, building a relationship in a very uh, sick and wrong way in season one when they were playing chess and everything. Um, so, so she goes back there to sort of apologize, as she says, and to, I guess, reestablish that connection to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's a great, it's an interesting performance because she, like, starts out with, like, a twisted smile, which turns into a breakdown. I guess, 
I mean, I guess it's more of a breakdown of, yeah, I mean, since both of these avenues are closed, it is kind of back to hopeless stage one. But I guess in a weird way that cheapens, cheapens might not be the right word, but even if you're rooting for this June and Serena friendship, not that I would blame June, but if she's just using it as a stepping stone, it's like, eh, good for her. She should get out of there. Yeah, Natasha in the chat says it's because she can't manipulate him now, um, which I I guess is true. I mean, or at least there's more distance there than the, than it was. He doesn't open the door. I mean, they emphasize it in the cinematography. They're, both shots are just through a crack with black on the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that power she had over him wasn't that great to begin with, and I'm not even convinced it's gone at this point. I agree. Yeah. Yvonne um, uh, Strahovski, who plays Serena, uh, I didn't quite pick up on this myself, but she was talking about the Serena character and how even more so the the rift between her and the commander is the fact that the commander would let a baby potentially die and not do anything for the baby. And that goes to what you were talking about uh, earlier uh, of how, you know, she would shoot, like if it came down to her baby, which is June's baby, that, uh, you know, she would choose that baby over the commander for sure. And I guess it does make sense as like another, like loss of respect. The fact that, you know, you'd be so steadfast to these rules that potentially an innocent child uh, would die. And it's supposed to be like, they're supposed to be doing all this for the, you know, the good of the, the human race and having babies and such like that. So this is supposed to be the goal. So you should be doing anything you can um, to protect them. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, in in the last scene where uh, where Janine is holding the baby, and as you mentioned, it's a real Grey's Anatomy moment uh, <laughs> that she's brought back to life by uh, her mother's. It's still love. a great scene. I know I was very uh, flippant about it earlier. It's still like it still works. I just I was a little bummed that I knew where they were going. Not that that's sure. ever that not that that's always a bad thing in storytelling. Uh, I mean, they're setting something up, so. Yes. Uh, I wanted to say about this scene that it looks completely different, not just than anything else in the episode, but I guess the whole show kind of, because Mm. this is the brightest, cheeriest, most hopeful scene, visually speaking, that I've seen in The Handmaid's Tale. Even going into flashbacks, it's always like, oh, I got my child and, you know, the (laughs) Capitol building. And here it's like fucking rainbows and and the white is really white it's not actually like a weird gray or green um and janine looks the healthiest ever and the baby looks the healthiest and outside and her hair like her hair really pops against the white yeah 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 and they're wearing whites because it's in the hospital and as you said she she's not wearing the handmaid's clothes but she's actually the red is popping even more and she was talking about the baby's gonna have great hair just like her mom (laughs) as well so so it all works. It's a, it's it's a well put together scene, uh, a healthy looking baby, and everything. Well, uh, and, and Natasha in the chat, I thought the same thing at first because this show is so dour that for a second before the reveal, you do think that she's just going to be singing to a dead baby. Yeah, uh, and I mean that's just because the way this show is. That's definitely on the table. Um, but you know, yeah. t- you know, the power of motherhood saved this child. Yeah. 
and then she presumably right after we cut to credits just got ripped away from those arms <laughs> i was I, I i actually give them credit because i expected that to happen before the credits where like once lydia or whatever then then woke up the parents would be like oh my god look at how great this is for us but they yes. let us have the moment so we'll see uh where it leads in the next episode but usually not into a good place yeah, and I mean, it must have taken those Putnams really long to wake up because over the credits we hear her sing the whole song. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they were right there, and she, and Lydia was or Aunt Lydia was like, "Yeah, come on, wake up!" And then they just just kind of took it easy. Maybe went for a cup of coffee before checking on their baby. So uh, as you said, we got the moment. No flashbacks in this episode. Did you notice? Oh, I didn't notice that. No, that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, we yeah. usually get something or other, um, but it was a full-length episode that took place completely in the present, which I can say with a lot more confidence than when we discuss Westworld uh, <laughs> on our podcast, Westworld Theories, which you can find on your podcast app of choice. We're at Season 2, Episode 8 there as well, I believe. Uh, so please do check in on that if you're following Westworld or uh, any other show that you'll find at showswhatyouknow.com where you'll find our complete coverage of uh, everything going on, including Sopranos, which we discuss every week on Sunday. What else, Jim? Oh, my God. You can find more from me at jimandthem.com, podcast, music, sketches. You can yeah. also find the same from Jacob Excuse me, at awesomepedia.org. So all kinds of good things. But there's just one more thing to be said. Yes, leave a review on iTunes, please. We really need them a lot, and uh, I'm really glad a lot of people have found the podcast on there, and it would really be great if you maybe left us a review. That's what you were going to say, right? Stop the presses! <laughs> <laughs>